Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah Piper Burns, and I'm the metaphysical anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. Okay, so I made a new rule, which is that if there's no rose ceremony in the episode, I don't do a podcast. That's just how things are now. So thanks for being on board with that, and we'll see how it works out. We have a lot to get to from weeks four and five. Before we do, I have a quick little bit of Bachelor Nation news. Congratulations are in order for Raven and Adam from Bachelor in Paradise 4. They are engaged. Congratulations. Raven and Adam are both fire signs, but they're both on the edge of other signs. Some might call that a cusp. I call it more of like an absorbency. So in Raven's case, she's a Leo on the very edge of cancer. And... Uh, in Adam's case, he's an Aries on the very edge of Taurus. And I don't know Adam very well. I didn't emotionally connect to him very much on Rachel's season, but he did have a little doll that kind of vaguely looked like him that was called Adam Jr. And who was French for some reason. And I did really appreciate that. And he did bring AJ to paradise. And that was just a great moment in the show. So congratulations to them. I really look forward to seeing what's next for so many of the Bachelor in Paradise couples like Chris and Crystal and Joe and Kendall. And of course... Uh, Reality Steve, the Spoiler King, has the original Bachelor in Paradise cast, apparently. So he's he's got the first episode cast, everyone who's starting out in Mexico. I am not ready to know that yet, personally. And I don't listen to Reality Steve's podcast, but the the new episode, spoilers aside, looks really, really good and really interesting. I haven't listened yet, but I plan to, and I recommend it based on the description that came across my newsfeed. His guest is Melissa Schreiber. I think I'm pronouncing her last name right. She was on Brad Womack's second season and Bachelor Pad 2, which was a long time ago. I feel like that was probably at least 11 years ago, or like 10 eight to 11 years ago. It was, I mean, in the life cycle of reality television, of course, she is no longer in the spotlight whatsoever, but those were really intense years for the show, for anyone who was watching. And Melissa had a tough time on the show, but the, uh, the podcast is not about that. The podcast is about her personal journey with mental health and her personal journey with her sexuality because two years after she was on Bachelor Pad 2, she came out publicly as gay. So like I said, I'm going to tune into that. 
I don't know if I'll become a regular listener of Reality Steve, but I look forward to hearing her story because I remember her very clearly from her time on the show. And I can't wait to see where she's been and where she is now. So, here we are. The white nonsense tour continues to New England, home of the 2019 Straight Pride Parade. And we really get the full effect, starting about right this week, of Hannah's particular Sun-Mercury conjunction of Libra, which is a sign that tries to see all sides of things. Even maybe when um, there's the, you know, one side that feels really fleshed out and one side that's really flimsy, they're going to try and find balance even if one end of the seesaw has like a fucking anvil on it <laughs> bless her heart um they're in rhode island home of a really great noise scene they oh also a great leather scene i i like to think that the leather jacket that hannah was wearing her most ridiculous leather jacket to date totally studded out like what what's next a battle vest anyway i like to think i like to think she was nodding to the uh, leather community of providence rhode island with that look and then like the next week in scotland she's wearing like her scotland costume for the group date which is like plaid skirt pom-pom hat I saw so many of those pom-pom hats in gift shops in Scotland. I love Hannah's unabashed dress-up impulse, I guess. I I find it lovely. I'm I'm happy that uh that she gives it to us. I'm also really happy about the sisterhood, I guess the brotherhood of the traveling salmon blazers. I feel like there's three of them and the 14 men are just sharing them amongst themselves. And Luke P doesn't get in on that. He's not part of the brotherhood. He's left out. Um, and I, you know, I looked at Luke P's synastry with some of the other men, namely Mike, who has basically a square they're squared on every personal placement pretty much like four out of five and it's pretty clear they're not necessarily designed to get along and there's a lot of capricorns in the cast this year like mike there's jed there's kevin and they seem to be kind of the ones who are taking it upon themselves to call luke out and confront him and with some exceptions, like, and Garrett and Dustin, who are both Leos, really just seem to want him gone. And Garrett, you know, Garrett kind of confronted him a little bit, but the Capricorns really seem to be like, something's got to be done, man. Something's got to be done about this. And I don't know Luke S.'s astrology. I don't know his birthday. He remains a mystery. Maybe someday I'll figure him out. Uh, one thing is for certain... Actually, two things are for certain. He is not compatible with Luke P. 
And he's definitely not compatible with Hannah. I am willing to bet that he has a Gemini placement in there somewhere because his argument style is to ask a lot of questions <laughs> rapidly, and I feel like that's a Gemini move. I, for reference, I give you Onyeka from last season of The Bachelor. Uh, pulled the same move, also a Gemini. And I probably, like a lot of you, rewound the confrontation between the Lukes a couple of times just to kind of try and get a handle on what I what I could see with my own two eyes. And, you know, we don't see everything. We don't hear everything. We don't get a lot of crucial context. But it's pretty clear that it was like a weird stand-your-ground situation. And Luke P. totally overreacted. I mean, at least in my perception, that Lucas, yeah, was running, kind of jogging towards him. But not in an aggressive stance whatsoever. And Luke P in fact got under him so fast that his arms were like all the way up and over Luke's back. It was kind of comical really. And I, you know, don't know if Luke P is a psychopath or not. I don't know if he's a narcissist or a sociopath or what his whole deal is, it's pretty clear that he is a liar. And, you know, astrology, as I always say, is not pathology. There's no psychopath sign, despite what some people might lead you to believe based on their own personal experience. Of course, there is statistical evidence that shows serial killers tend to be mutable signs, which are Sagittarius, Gemini, Virgo, and Pisces. But we can't tell from Luke P's chart, especially without his <laughs> birth time, <laughs> about that. However, if your sun and moon combo is sort of about your moon is sort of how you show up for your sun your life purpose your your be you know how you show up to that macro in the micro in the day to day the moon changes faster moves faster than the sun so it's reflecting and giving messages and um it is concerned with with the more day-to-day -day stuff and and the further out you get in the solar system and the, and the longer these orbits these transits last the less we're talking about the day-to-day -day and the more we're talking about years years on years and then we get to pluto which is like the generational these outer planets really talking about generational trends anyway luke p's in aries sun with a cancer moon. And it's like he came to be super competitive and be number one, but also play the victim and play very vulnerable. And I think people are really reacting to that in him. And he's also got that sun conjunct Mercury in Aries. And it's really 
interesting because I I happened to look up Ben Higgins placements the other day and Ben Higgins was a bachelor and he was on Caitlin Bristow's season of The Bachelorette, which certainly had its share of villains. And Ben Higgins was not one of them. And like Luke P, he's an Aries sun with a Pisces Venus. And I love that because it's such a same, same, but different kind of exercise to look at how they express those styles, those relationships, those planets, and how they're different. And Ben has has a Libra moon and he has a Pisces Mercury. So his Mercury and Venus are tight. And that makes a lot of sense. That makes, you know, maybe they're too tight. That's why he like told two women that he loved them. But uh, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I just think it's really interesting that, you know, no sign is a monolith. And we can't say that Aries are psychopaths because Ben Higgins, come on people. So I was really in some ways like, Week five got on a rough start for me because we lost John Paul Jones, hopefully only for a few weeks. But other than that low point that it started on, this episode was a banger for me. I loved it for so many reasons, not least of which because I love Scotland. I was in Scotland last year it changed my life and I actually was in a lot of the places that were featured this week. So Leaky's bookshop where uh, Hannah and Mike went, I've been there. I bought a book there. It was on Scientology. I did not get any goose eggs. I was sad to, sad to see that they had those available. Uh, that bridge where she and Mike kissed, been there. It's not that romantic. It's actually like kind of a busy street with a lot of car traffic and a lot of foot traffic. And it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of in the middle of an intersection. But, mm, you know, do you? They ate haggis. I love haggis. Big fan of haggis. They wore kilts. It was full Outlander, Inverness, Highlands fantasy complete with a pun on Luke P being the Loch Ness monster. What else can you ask for? Sidebar Loch Ness reeks of sulfur. I think it's because of Nessie's farts. I hope there's a Loch Ness date so they can smell it too. Maybe that's weird. One other thing we learned this week is that Hannah loves being on top. She wants to clamber up on a man and make out with a space. I love it. We had uh, Highland Games. I liked that uh, Lord Jed was given a a deed of land. I'm going to call my new noise project Lord Jed. And 
I also thought during Luke and Hannah's date, it was one of my favorite producer moments of all time. Like usually we don't get to see a lot of candid quote unquote talk between Hannah and, or the lead in general and their handlers and their producers. And during the date, the one-on-one with Luke P, she like stomps off and is talking to them. And we're, uh, we're from the point of view of the camera person kind of in, it seems like in hiding. It seems like she's unaware she's on camera. She probably is aware. And I always love to see that stuff. And in, in fact, in Bachelor in Paradise, they really exploit it. Um, while on, on Bachelor and Bachelorette, they, they kind of hide it. On Bachelor in Paradise, they really like to shoot those scenes and then like insert a raccoon or a, or a lizard or something. So it makes it look like the contestants full on talking to animals. That date with Luke and Hannah, I mean, I really wish she'd get her head out of her ass and really stop trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because just seeing her face, like, is that the relationship you want to have? Is that the life you want to lead? He literally never lets her finish a sentence. Aries, Mercury, is that what you want? And here we're seeing how this, the squares and the oppositions that caused this really intense spark are cooling really fast. And we're starting to see like the bad friction come out and the kind of lack of understanding. And the other thing is that they also have a moon conjunct Mars aspect with uh, her Mars in Cancer and his moon in Cancer. And that aspect is also really intense, but it's not necessarily harmonious and it's emotionally fraught. And I just don't think this is how she wants to feel. And I get the, I get this weird feeling that he's like programmed by Christian scientists or something to capture her heart he's like the he's like the christian heart terminator but they didn't load enough programming into him so now he's just like kind of giving us teddy ruxpin vibes and i you know we kind of end on his face as like the pikachu meme just like and I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope Hannah gets it together. And I think she's got what it takes. I think she's going to handle her business, but we'll see. I was really happy to see Tyler in a kilt. I was really happy to see Tyler spared the brutality of the rugby date. I think, again, Hannah doesn't know what she wants. She doesn't know if she wants blood or a safe, fun, good time. I think that that about sums it up, right? She doesn't know if she wants blood, sweat, and tears or show me a good sportsmanlike, wholesome 
sport. Sporting good times. And that's probably going to continue to plague her as we continue our travels. Although I really hope we stay in Scotland for a little bit longer because I just love everything about it. And I'm so happy that uh, I get it on my screen. I really just want him to visit a stone circle. But uh, be that as it may, uh, I'm already just, uh, I'm already, everything else is just gravy. So until next week, unless there's no rose ceremony, thank you for being on this journey with me. And I can't wait to see where it goes.